Hello, so Dylan here, and I've got some news, which is that Alice Obscura is releasing its next big book, Gastro Obscura. It is co-authored by Cecily Wong and yours truly, and it's the work of a whole team of folks who we've been basically compiling the world's most interesting recipes, restaurants, ingredients, food histories. It is a guide to eating, to travel, and to the joy and diversity found in food cultures the world over. So if this sounds like something you would be interested in, please check it out. It's called Gastro Obscura. If you want to find out more, uh, go check out books.atlasobscura.com, and you can see everything there. I hope you like it, and on to the show. Hi, Annie. How are you? I'm doing great, Dylan. How's it going? Good, good. It's good to talk to you again. I The last time we talked, we were talking about a headless chicken. The time before that, we were talking about a... The grave of a famous space monkey. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you again. Yeah, you should be because we're going to talk about more animals. We are three for three. Okay, great. So what's the story you have to tell us today? So have you ever heard of the white deer of Mount Madonna? No, (laughs) definitely not. (laughs) So Mount Madonna is a peak here in Northern California It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Like the moment you leave the valley and start driving up the mountains, the temperature drops like 20, 30 degrees uh, because you're up in the redwoods and it's much cooler than in the valley below. There is a ruined house and it looks like something out of Lord of the Rings. It's like these fallen stones covered in moss and these window frames without any glass in them, surrounded by giant trees. And just outside of the trees, in a big meadow, there is a pen. And inside the pen, there is a single white deer. So I visited the park last year. I started doing a little research about that deer, Because there used to be a whole herd of them up there as a tourist attraction. And there was also a sign saying that the ruined house and the whole park used to be the estate of a man named Henry Miller. And that sent me down a rabbit hole because I had never heard of this guy before. And Dylan, this is one of those stories where you think you're just looking into something so small, like a single white deer. And then it just opens up this huge historical saga that you had just never heard about. I love huge historical sagas. Let's get into it. I'm Annie Eubank, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, the story of the white deer, their home on Mount Madonna, and the two robber barons who put them there. What was once a huge herd is down to this one deer. And Dylan, you don't have very long to visit her. Annie, this sounds like this is going to be a sad story. Is it sad? Only a little bit. (laughs) Okay, all right. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. 
you can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, so Annie, where does this story even begin? How did this happen? So this is really the story of two 19th century robber barons Hmm. and the incredible impact that both of them had on the whole landscape of California. Okay. And the place where both of these people intersect and where both of these stories intersect are the white deer of Mount Madonna. Okay. We got two robber barons. Who are we meeting first? Okay. So let's actually start with the story of Mount Madonna. And this guy named Henry Miller. So this is actually not the Henry Miller that most people would know about. There's also a really famous writer named Henry Miller. Yeah. That's not the guy. That's not him. He was kind of like a Horatio Alger story. You know, he pulled himself up by his bootstraps. Classic tale of poor boy made good. You know, you've heard the story a million times. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is 1850, and... San Francisco was bopping, uh, as you might expect. Yeah, good time to be in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Busy, (laughs) busy moment. It was the gold rush. And, you know, hundreds of thousands of people ended up in San Francisco and the surrounding area within a matter of months after gold was discovered. But Miller was smart. There's this saying that, like, the smartest thing to to do um, whenever there's a gold rush is not to be the person out looking for the gold. It's to be the person selling the the shovels. shovels. Yeah. Yeah. His father had been a butcher, and so Miller decided that he was going to do that. So he started buying land. Grazing, those grazing land. Yeah, okay. Exactly, okay. yeah. And he started buying more land. He showed up in San Francisco with $6 in his pocket, and within 20 years, he owned more land than anyone else in the United States. That's wild. That's wild. There was this idea that he could drive a herd of cattle from Mexico all the way up to Oregon without ever once leaving land that he owned. He buys this peak above the city of Gilroy, and he decides that he's going to make that his family's summer home. As you, as you do when you're an incredibly wealthy <laughs> robber baron. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, legend has it that the Italian workmen that he imported to work on this place, that they were the ones who named it Mount Madonna. And so this is where he wanted to be buried when he died. Okay. And that was in that was in 1916. Um, he was 89 years old. He had had a very long life, and he he asked to be buried on Mount Madonna. Ah, uh, but okay. So this is basically the last we see of of Henry Miller. That's it. He's he's okay. gone. Uh, and actually, his family kind of mismanaged his estate. So by 1927, hmm. all of the property he had owned had just dwindled away. And so that's when his family actually sold Mount Madonna to the local county to be made into a park. Hmm. And here is where we move from Mount Madonna to the story of the deer. 
and our second Robert yeah. Barron. Uh-huh. And he's somebody, uh-huh. yeah, and he's somebody that you guys might have heard about before. Go on. Yeah. So I know you know who William Randolph Hearst is. Ah, yes, of course I do. I've been to the Hearst estate out there. That is another one of these giant Californian kind of sprawling estates. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so William Randolph Hearst is much better known than Henry Miller. He was a newspaper mogul and richer than God, and he loved collecting odd things and installing them at his massive house in Southern California. Including exotic animals. Am I right in thinking that this might be related? You're on the right track. Okay. Hearst decided that he was going to build what became the largest private zoo in America. And so that included zebras. That included a California grizzly bear. And he also imported these little white deer over from Europe. The idea of just being like, I want a grizzly bear and then having one is so unnecessarily unnecessary. It's gratuitous. <laughs> it's, so, uh, it's, it's way too much by a lot. Yeah, yeah. The deer seem much more reasonable than a grizzly bear. They're they're very beautiful. They're leucistic, which means that they look like they're albino, but they're not really. They have black eyes and black black noses. They're not, you know, like pink and red like albino deer, but they they look like something straight out of a fairy tale. And they, yeah, they're like these tiny, cute little they're goats. The size of goats. Just like they, prancing along through the giant trees, tiny white deer nibbling on berries. Like you kind of have to love them. They seem lovable. Yes. They're 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 the cutest little invasive species you could possibly imagine. Um and that <laughs> and that is the problem here. Within a couple of years, like these deers had bred to the point that he just had hundreds of them. So he was <laughs> he was desperate to get rid of these little white deer after a while. So he starts going around to every single new park and every single other estate in California and saying, like, do you guys want some white deer? And so he gives two pairs of white deer to this brand new park in the 1930s. And they immediately become just a huge draw to this park. You know, people come up to wander around the redwoods and see these white deer in this huge pen. And they, they're iconic. I've even seen a tea towel with these white deer printed on them as a landmark, Mm. you know? Um, They're in all the guidebooks. And, you know, for the longest time, like, they were kind of, they were considered, you know, this is, when you go to Mount Madonna, you see the white deer. So clearly something bad happened between then and now, since you said there's only literally one left. What what happened to the, and also apparently they breed really quickly. So what happened to these deer? Why is there only one? The thing is, is that quite a few of the parks that have had these deer have spent a lot of money and effort trying to get rid of them. Hmm. Yeah, because they're an invasive and, species. Yeah. They're incredibly <laughs> yeah. invasive. They're a very cute, slightly magical invasive species. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. it's funny because when I went and visited them last year, there were two deer in the pen. And I, I remember thinking, that's strange. Like, th- these are supposed to be a really famous attraction. Why are there only two deer left? Yeah. And then when I called the ranger yesterday, he said, no, the other one died. There's only one left. And- 
She doesn't have a name. I asked if she had a name. Um, and she is a female deer, and she's about nine to ten years old. Um, and she's the last one. Okay, so there's one deer, one white deer left on Mount Madonna, and when it dies, is it That's all it. over? That's it. They're not going to replace them. And what's funny is, is that this story is repeating all over the state. People became desperate to get rid of these hearse deer. Some of them ended up at the San Francisco Zoo, where the zookeepers ended up feeding a lot of them to the lions just to reduce the population. After a while, they just took some of that San Francisco population and released them onto the California coast. And they just bred like crazy there, too, to the point that a decade ago, there was almost... 900 of these deer just running around in Point Reyes National Park, which is a very fragile coastal ecosystem. Uh, So the Park Service was not happy with this because the deer were chewing up all the foliage and digging holes, you know, doing everything that invasive species usually do when they're released on a, you know, on an environment like this. And the Park Service has been really strictly culling them, has been culling a lot of them. But there's pushback from the local community because these deer are just so cute and majestic. And they're almost a symbol of, you know, of the park. It's funny. I mean, one thing that's funny about invasive species is is from an ecological level, they're usually terrible, right? From a personal experience level, like walking through a giant forest of Japanese knotweed kind of, frankly, slightly magical. Uh, Seeing a tiny, cute, goat-sized white deer, like, come... In the the redwood trees in the fog. Get out of here. That sounds amazing. Stop trying to make me feel worse about this. I already feel sad. Well, no, it seems it seems okay that these that this is this is the the end of this story. But uh, I I guess one other question is what what got you interested in this in the first place? Why did you want to tell this particular story? Yeah. So I started out, you know, just wondering like this episode was only going to be about the white deer at first. I was like, you know, here they are. How they how they get here? What's their future going to look like? And then finding out that like where they lived was like once like the summer home of this incredibly important historical figure that I had never heard a single word about. Yeah. And the fact that now there's just one left, this tiny little ghost of a white deer just seems incredibly poignant to me somehow. You don't see, like, cattle walking through the valleys very often, but, you know, sometimes you do see a white deer. And that's that's because of Henry Miller and William Randolph Hearst. Thanks, guys. That was super interesting. I, I, I was fascinated by both of these characters and the way they've remade the landscape and I kind of want to go see the white deer. I don't know if that's You bad, should go see her. You right, you don't you, see... you don't have much time left. I you know. you right. got about 10 years. All right. Well, give or take. Thanks Annie. Uh, always so fun to hear from you. This is great. Thanks so much Dylan. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. 
I'm Annie Eubank, and I'll see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now playing in Los Angeles. Exquisite food and drink. World-class art everywhere. Spectacular sports and dazzling Hollywood attractions. L.A. offers the full variety of food scene, from game-changing taco trucks to 35 Michelin stars. And did you know that Los Angeles has more museums and theaters than New York? It is indeed scandalous, but also unfortunately true. So get your fix in music, film, comedy, or world-class museums in L.A. Plus, you can get a behind-the-scenes movie magic with a world-famous studio tour. That is something that should be on everybody's bucket list. Start here with discoverla.com.